0: Jim Lovett, everybody. going on everybody it's your boy it's your it's your it's your for 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 finish that man i haven't done that intro in a while it's your boy johnny ares and we are back with another edition of the views from the john podcast this time for the day after christmas the 26th of december 2019, how are you? I'm just checking in on you. Did you have a nice Christmas? Did anybody remember to wish Jesus Christ a happy birthday? That's why we have Christmas, right? I don't think anybody did. Unless you are, uh, what, an evangelist? No. Or a Christian? Or a Catholic, right? It's the whole reason we have Christmas. It's Jesus Christ's birthday. But everyone's too uh interested in uh you know stuffing their face with fucking cake and uh roast beef. Right? Digging through presents. So yes. Although it's been never said in many ways and all that shit, right? Like the song goes. Happy birthday, Jesus Alright, so hopefully all of you had a fantastic Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and uh, now you're hopefully off, right? Who would want to go back to work the day after Christmas, right? Horrible, right? Even worse than like a Monday morning, the day after a holiday, and all you want to do is just, you know... They should make the day after Christmas like a national holiday, you know, like a day of rest after a busy holiday, you know, like a like a Labor Day, too, where everyone just gets to chill out after the hectic holiday, you know, so, yeah. Hopefully you had a good uh, Jesus' birthday. All right, let's fly through some topics I have written down here, and they are random. I would tell you all about my Christmas Eve and uh, Christmas Day, but uh, I don't know. It wasn't very interesting, and nothing... uh, Oh, I, I might have a story for you later. All right, so the Golden Globe nominations came out recently, and I haven't discussed it, but boy... You know, there wouldn't be any kind of Hollywood nominations or awards or any of that shit if there wasn't controversy, right? And this year is no exception. Okay, so here, uh, the Golden Globe nominations came out, I want to say, December 9th. And uh-oh. Oh oh boy. There was no women nominated for Best Director. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, yeah, all the women are upset because no woman was nominated for a fucking Best Director Golden Globe. (laughs) You didn't include me because I have a vagina. Oh, come on, people. Aren't we past this shit? You know? It's... Who gives a shit? You know, if it was a dude that directed Once Upon a Time in the, Okay, I'm sorry. If it was a woman that directed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood instead of Quentin Tarantino, I think you would have gotten the nod, okay? Aren't we past this shit? You didn't nominate any women for this award category, so this is sexist. No, it's not. Could it just be that just... The people who were nominated just happen to be men. Isn't that just like a side effect? But you got all these people that are like, you know, in like $10,000 dresses. (laughs) My life is just in shambles. Nobody nominated me for best director. (laughs) Oh my God, people. You know what I'm saying? You didn't get that job and you want to go home and blame it on the fact that you're a woman. Or, you know, they didn't hire me because my pants color was wrong. Couldn't it just be you didn't get hired? Or you didn't get nominated because you just weren't good enough? Does it really have to be boiled down to whether, you know, which private part you have? Whether it's aesthetically pleasing or not? Holy shit. Alright. Why don't we stay on the same type of topic, right? Alright. You know what I started thinking about before this podcast? the funniest pornography names right that were stolen from actual movie titles and i didn't do any research on this i'm just going by uh those type of names that have stuck in my head over the years uh and these are some of the ones i wrote down just based on memory i don't watch porn i really don't i would tell you if i did i got no reason to lie but as i've gotten older my porn use is you know the meter's gone way down so but anyways and I haven't even seen any of these spoof movies. I've just heard of the titles, and the titles are awesome. All right? So here's one for you. Genital Hospital. <laughs> you know, the uh, that horrible daytime show, General Hospital, that was turned into Genital Hospital. And here's another one. This These next two could be the best of all time, right? In Diana Jones in the Temple of Poon. (laughs) You get that? In Diana Jones in the Temple of Poon. Obviously, a spoof on Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. All right, the next one. For all all you Harry Potter fans, right? Harry Pooter in the Chamber of Secretions. (laughs) Harry Pooter in the Chamber of Secretions. Moving right on. Forest Hump. Not Forest Gump. Forest Hump. Um, this one I made up, but I'm sure it's out there. Instead of Top Gun, Top Cum. Right? Instead of John Wick, John Dick. <laughs> uh, this is a real one. Uh, Instead of Saving Private Ryan, I believe they came out with Shaving Ryan's Privates. (laughs) Uh, Spaceballs, they didn't need to change that one. (laughs) Uh, Instead of Saving Sarah Marshall, how about Fucking Sarah Marshall? Um, Instead of... um, uh, uh, God, I can't even think of the real movie name instead of the spoof one. Um, uh, okay, I'm going to have to skip that one. Okay, instead of E.T., the extraterrestrial, E.T., the extra testicle. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and instead of, uh, geez, okay, I'm looking at two spoof names here that I literally made up before I started recording this, but yet I can't remember what movie I took them from. Um, God damn, that's tough. Okay, Uh, let's see. Um, I really can't think of it. This is horrible. Okay, I'm just going to tell you, and then maybe you can match the spoof name I came up with to the actual real movie, because I can't, okay? I have written down here, uh, Cock Hard. Cock Hard. Rock Hard? Die Hard? I I think I took that from the... Oh! Okay, it's Walk Hard. Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, okay? So instead of Walk Hard, it's Cock Hard. (laughs) And then MILF. Um, Instead of a movie, uh, what was MILF? ELF! Instead of ELF, MILF. There we go. Okay, so those last two I made up. Instead of uh, the Dewey Cox story... Uh, I came up with cockard and uh, instead of elf, I came up with milf. So yeah, wouldn't that be the greatest job though in the world? Imagine that you're getting paid like six figures a year or seven figures a year to sit in some office in friggin' LA and all your job is to do is to come up with uh, each day you have to come up with 10 porn names that are you know spoof of you know, spoof names of real movies. That's the job I want. Who gets that job? You know what 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 courses in college should I have taken to get myself into the office of a porn company with that job? All right, let's move on. So uh, okay, I'll give you one funny story from uh, my Christmas day at my aunt's and cousin's house okay so we're playing this game after dinner I don't know what the game's called the closest game show I could compare this game to is a game that I grew up watching on TV from my youth it was called ten thousand dollar pyramid right so basically you know nowadays with the iPhones the game was on the iPhone all right, and it gives you a keyword and the person's turn that it is doesn't know what that keyword is. And then the person's team has to give them hints so they can guess what the keyword is, right? So uh, it's my f- it's uh, uh, my father's turn, right? And he's holding his iPhone up to his forehead so everybody can see the password, but he can't. And uh, I'm looking right at him, right? So I'm pretty good at this shit, right? Like everything else and uh okay, so his his password or his keyword that we have to give him uh you know hints on to guess, right is Spanish. get it Spanish so uh, when the game starts, I say, Dad, the language they speak in Mexico, and his response Mexican." <laughs> Exactly. That is the language that they speak in Mexico. Is it not? Mexican. Right? Just like in uh, America, we don't speak English, we speak American. Right? In Puerto Rico, they don't speak Spanish. Right? They speak Puerto Rican. Right? In Argentina, they don't speak uh, Spanish. Right? It's Argentinian. So yes, that was that was hilarious. Uh, what a response! The language they speak in Mexico, Mexican. Yeah, that's a great great answer. So yeah, we didn't win that round. All right, let's see what's another story that I have here. Wow, I didn't even write down too much for today's podcast. Shit, I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to uh, come up with some stuff on the fly, like it's a friggin' improv. All right. All right, I got a story for you, an interesting story, and it's a true story. And I didn't necessarily think the story was funny until I told uh, a nice lady friend of mine the other night, and she said, "That's fucking hilarious! You have to do that on stage on your podcast." So I'm going to tell the story, and I guess uh, we'll see how funny it is too. Okay, so uh, I'm in a, I'm, I'm a musician, right? You've probably heard me talk about that. And uh, you've probably heard me talk about how uh, bands are no longer called bands anymore. They're called projects. So recently I wanted to start up a new project. I'm always doing my own solo work, right? But I wanted to start a new project, like an acoustic project. I think I talked about this recently on the podcast, right? So I've been looking high and low for many years for a great singer, and they're extremely hard to come by, uh, believe it or not. And uh, over, I don't know, a couple months ago, a buddy of mine knew this woman that, you know, would kind of hang out at shows. And I guess he said she had a decent voice. So I said, okay, I'm going to audition her. Right. She didn't know me. I didn't know her. She just came recommended to me as somebody who's in the music scene that wants to form an acoustic duo and blah, blah, blah. So I said, okay, I'll give her a try. I'll audition her, right? So I'm a gentleman and a scholar, but that doesn't matter. But being a gentleman, whether it's a first date with a lady or it's a a lady, I'm auditioning for my project, right? I put my, you know, I want to be a gentleman. I want to make sure they're comfortable, right? Because men, right, we're looked at as scumbags and idiots and all that other shit, right? So it's important to me whether, you know, if I'm meeting a, a lady for any reason, right? I want to make sure that she's comfortable. I want to meet her in a location that's safe for her. Not that I'd ever do anything, but she doesn't know that, right? So anyways, to make a long story long, or a lot longer than it needs to be, right? Because I just can't spit the fucking shit out. So anyways, so I start talking to her on Facebook and blah, blah, blah. And again, this isn't dating. This is just me wanting to audition this woman as my new singer for the project I'm starting. So, we start talking on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. And I ask her, because I'm a gentleman, like I said. And I said, okay, I want you to be comfortable. Where do you want to meet so we can jam and I can audition you? You know, because, you know, I have a home. I live alone. I'm single. You probably know that. And I'm thrilled with that. So, don't feel bad. And uh, I don't know. It's just... Th- like I said I'm trying to be a gentleman this girl doesn't know me right you know I could be a I could be a a bad person right so that's what I'm trying to say it was it was important for me to make her comfortable in our first time meeting even if that was in the middle of a crowded park right whatever made her comfortable so she says to me come on up to my house I live alone out in the middle of nowhere and I'm like, are you sure? You know, I'm not going to give you the name of her town or even her name. That's, that's inappropriate, right? So anyways, so this lady invites me. She doesn't know anything about me. So she invites me to her home and she lives alone and she literally lives in the middle of nowhere. Like, I had to drive down 15 dirt roads just to get to her dirt road, okay? The middle of nowhere. I'm talking... I don't even think there's a police department in this town that she lives in. The middle of fucking nowhere. In... Bef- okay, this is where it gets good. Okay? So... All I'm trying to do is make this lady feel comfortable because she doesn't know me and we're going to be alone. Okay. So she invites me up to her house in the middle of nowhere and she has no clue who I am. All right. And I think that's kind of sketchy, but if that's what makes her feel comfortable, okay. You know, uh, that's what she wanted. So I said, fine, I'll drive out to your house in the middle of nowhere. If that's what makes you feel comfortable. But here's what she tells me on the phone before I start driving to her house. She wants to warn me before I get to her house and start driving there. The day of, right? That she has post-traumatic stress. She has PTSD. Okay? She's warning me about her PTSD before I drive to the middle of nowhere to her house to be alone with her in her house. And here's where it gets interesting. The reason she has PTSD is because her ex-husband tried to murder her with an acoustic guitar. Get that? This woman is having me, a stranger, drive to her house alone in the middle of nowhere with my acoustic guitar to audition her for my project. And she warns me that she has PTSD because her ex-husband tried to kill her, kill her with a fucking guitar. (laughs) So here I am trying to make this woman feel comfortable with me because I'm a dude, right? And you know, she doesn't know me, and it's 2019, right? It's better safe than sorry. And then she's telling me how she has post-traumatic stress because a dude tried to murder her with a fucking guitar. And that's what I'm bringing with me, a guitar. So she's going to have a dude alone in her house in the middle of nowhere with a guitar. You laughing? I hope so. Because how fucking ironic is that? It's a tragic story. But, you know, I'm trying to make this lady feel comfortable, you know? Like, I'm thinking we should meet in a very public place to make her feel comfortable, right? So there's people around and blah, blah, blah. No, she has me up to her house in the middle of fucking nowhere. And then she tells me she's got PTSD and anxiety out the asshole because a dude tried to murder her with a fucking guitar. And that's the thing I'm bringing with me is a guitar. So I'm thinking I'm going to get to this woman's house and I'm going to break out my guitar. And then she's just going to go, you know, and just go fucking crazy on me. So, uh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I drove up to her house, uh, you know, drove through the craters in the road. And, uh, yeah, you know, thankfully, when I broke out my guitar, she didn't she didn't break a pan over my face. So, yeah, that was that story. Uh, let's see. You know what I'm going to do? I am going to pause the podcast. And why am I going to pause the podcast? Because I have to pee. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know I have the bladder of a fucking squirrel. And I drink a lot of coffee. And what happens when you have a weak bladder and you get old and you drink a lot of coffee? You gotta go pippies. Did anyone's parents come up with like weird names for pee and poop when you were a little kid? That's what my dad called uh, peeing when I was a little, like, a little, like, toddler. Do you got to go make pippies? Do you got to go pippies? Yeah. I got to go pippy in my diaper. So, yeah, Johnny Boy is going to go pippies. And you ain't even going to know I'm gone because uh, the stop-start button is so fucking handy, right? Watch this. Look at that. The magic of the stop-start button. And while I was pippying just now, I thought of another uh, thing we can talk about, right? This happened yesterday, and I can't stand this. I think of uh, ideas for this podcast and uh, ideas for uh, stand-up bits for stage all the time. But yet, uh, I don't write them down, and and then I forget. And I just thought of something while I was pippying that I forgot to write down uh you've probably seen this maybe maybe you ladies if there are any ladies actually listening to this podcast you're probably too upset after i just uh you know started to break down because no women were nominated for best director for golden globes (laughs) what is this world coming to um so anyways yeah ladies you might not see this but men you probably have seen this if you've ever taken a dump right in a public bathroom stall you might have seen this written on the wall. I don't know who came up with this, but it's fucking genius, right? Because it's happened to all of us. Maybe even the ladies, if they'll admit that they fart and poop. They don't like to, right? So yeah, you've probably seen this written in the bathroom stall. And I want to know who wrote it, because it's genius. Because this is what happened to me a couple of days ago, and it's what made me think of it. And I was brokenhearted, right? And you probably know what that saying is. Here I sit, broken hearted, I came to shit, but only farted. Right? We've all been there. You feel this great, satisfying shit brewing up, and you go in the bathroom, you break out a magazine, you put that fan on, you sit down. The toilet seat is no longer cold, right? And then you're sitting there, and you blow out a bunch of air out your asshole, and then you realize you're done. No shit came out and you literally feel broken hearted, right? Because sometimes when you take a nice long shit, it's like it's real satisfying, you know, it's almost as good as an orgasm, right? So that's such a true statement. You're sitting there broken hearted because you came there to shit, but all you did was fart. How true is that? And somebody put those great words of wisdom up in every men's bathroom stall across America. And if there's no other reason to come here, it's for that experience alone. What a great quote. What are some of your favorite bathroom quotes, sir, when you're uh, standing by your glory hole? <laughs> so, yes, that happened to me the other day. I was broken hearted. Because I went to shit and only farted. And then that made me think of uh, how I've seen that in every, you know, men's room I've ever been in. And uh, I don't know if women uh, write. Do women do that? I don't know. Do I have any women listeners or fans? If I do, write to me at info at realitydrip.com. Let me know. Are there Do women write inside uh, bathroom stalls? You know, there's probably a woman right now in a bathroom stall writing uh, about how sexist America is because uh, no women got nominated for best director this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Do men get pissed off? Is there ever a, a category where no men get nominated for an award and all the men go. <laughs> like us anymore because we're mad we didn't get nominated why is there always collusion to everything people seriously you don't get picked first for volleyball you don't get a job you fucking have to come up with fucking eighty thousand reasons why it just didn't go your way when it just could it just be that just shit happens could it be that no women were nominated for best director just because that's how the voting went does the does there have to be collusion do you think the people who actually nominate people for Golden Globes are sitting in that room like rubbing their hands together like, oh, I know what we're going to do this year. We're going to exclude all the women from the best director category and that's just going to get them so riled up. You know what I'm saying? Fucking Christ. Give it a rest. Ladies, you didn't get nominated for a fucking award. Grow up. There's always next year. Next year. Christ, wasn't it only a few years ago that women could vote? I think you're making pro- (laughs) Sorry. I think think we're making progress here. Alright? Let's stop worrying about who got nominated for fucking Golden Globe Awards. Who gives a shit? There's billions of people dying and starving, and we're going to cry in a $10,000 dress about how women didn't get picked for a fucking award. My God, people, let's, let's, let's fucking put things in perspective. Okay, the last thing I have written down here, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if you'll find this interesting, but uh, it certainly was for me. And I don't think it has the same mystique as it used to, right? So I live in the Northeast United States, right? And uh, from where I live in the Northeast United States, the great country of Canada and the great city of Montreal is only about a three or four hour drive from here, right? And uh, back in the late 90s when I was in my teens, right? The drinking age here in America, 21. cross the border into Canada, the drinking age, 18, right? So from where my friends and I grew up in our teens, we could take a three hour drive into a whole nother country, into a giant city that spoke a completely different language, and you could legally drink. Where do you think we'd go almost every weekend? So yes, back then, uh, back then you didn't need a passport to get into Canada. You didn't. You just needed your driver's license, and they'd ask you if you had anything to declare. No, they'd only ask you if you had... To, I think they'd only ask you if you had anything to declare when you were coming back into America. And we'd always... We'd always fuck with the border patrol agent, you know. uh, Every time we'd come back into America, they'd be like, "Anything to declare? Yeah, your fucking country's colder than shit." Or yeah, we're fucking hungover. We'd always, you know, we'd always come up with like, you know, you want to declare something, you know, and they're and and they're literally asking you to declare if you're bringing back any dead bodies or fucking automatic weapons. And we'd always be smartasses and, you know, declare something about our debaucherous weekend in Montreal, how it was too cold there, what, too snowy, or the friggin' strippers smelt too much like cocaine, I don't know. But, I tell you something, in the 90s, when you were only 18 years old, and you couldn't legally drink in America, and you just drive three hours, and all of a sudden you're in this giant city, in a completely different country where everyone's speaking french and you're only 18 you don't know what it's like to go bar hopping in new york or boston or in america but now you're in a different country speaking french and every other building was a strip club and i I don't know i don't think it's got the same mystique now in 2019 uh because now you have to have a friggin passport just across into canada and um I don't think uh, you know Montreal is as debaucherous as it was in the 90s when I used to go up there uh, with my friends when we were only 18. And I'm telling you, when you're 18 and you're living in this area of the country and you go up into Montreal and and it's just a free-for-all up there when it comes to women partying, drugs, strip clubs, prostitutes. <laughs> I mean, it was just a free-for-all up there. And you, we were only 18, and it was all legal. It was crazy. That was some of the best trips of our lives, going up there with me and like all my best friends and just partying at a young age in a huge city in another country. And uh, I don't know. Uh, of course, we were 18-year-old guys who couldn't legally drink in the country. So where do you think we would go when we went to Montreal at night, right? We would end up at a place called, um, it was a huge, huge fucking dance club, Dome. Does anybody remember Dome? I don't know if Dome is still there, but Dome was the shit. Dome was like a five dance floor level, just giant club, just blasting techno with like 30 bars and it was always packed. And, um... God, at 18 years old, I had never really partied in a big city before, or never been to like New York City, like a big underground like club where right, and everyone's like just, you know, like pulsating and shit. That's how this club was. But what we'd do is we'd go out to dinner somewhere, right? And then we would uh, you know, bounce from strip club to strip club to strip club to strip club, and then late late night we'd end up at dome and we would just be in the middle of that crowd with the lasers going and there was like literally a thousand people in there all kids our age all good looking young professional kids 18 years old 19 years old with that techno going to... I tell you it was a fucking blast to be 18 and be like in another country with a different language and a different everything at only 18 when we couldn't even remotely think about that shit in america And like I I keep saying, the strip clubs were fucking crazy. I've never seen a strip club in America that could even hold a candle to what strip clubs were in Montreal uh, in the late 90s. And I'll give you one prime example. And I don't know if you can do this anywhere else in the world or the country or whether you can even do it in Montreal anymore. But the story goes, um, like I said, we were going up there all the time at age 18 because 18 was the legal 18 or older in friggin canada anything goes right so the strip clubs up in montreal uh canada they don't have dollar bills right but they have a coin that's a dollar and a coin that's a two dollar uh piece and at this at the strip clubs up there this one in particular and i still remember the name of the strip club what are the chances i still remember that name I seriously have not partied in Montreal for like 21 years. And I I wonder if this club is still there. But here's a shout out to you. The name of the club was Cabaret Teasers. And I almost want to say it was on Saint Laurent. Saint Laurent, right? That's how you say that, you know, an idiot American would probably say Saint Laurent. No, Saint Laurent, right? It was on Saint Laurent. And the name of the club was Cabaret Teasers. So here's what you could do. So... You had a big stage in the middle of the strip club, right? Surprise, surprise. With, you know, three, four poles on it. And then uh, there was seats all the way around the stage. And what they would let you do at this strip club is you could stick one of those one or two dollar coins in your mouth. And then get on your back and slide out on the stage. And the dancers would come by and they would pick up that coin out of your mouth using either their boobies or their uh, labia, right? Is that the technical term? Labia? Where else in the country or America or even in Canada can you do that still? That true fucking story, ask anybody who went to Montreal in the friggin' mid to late 90s. You could do that shit. You would put a coin in your mouth, slide out on that stage... And one of those women would either pick it up with their labia or with their boobies. For an 18-year-old kid from America who could never legally drink in a bar, and now I got, you know, these beautiful women taking coins out of my mouth with their boobs or their, you know, vagina. Oh, it was such heaven. I tell you, what an experience that was. So, yes, Montreal in the mid to late 90s when we were only 18, those trips only a three hour drive. Like I said, you didn't need a passport. And uh, it was so much fun. That Those were some of the best times, man. They truly were. Uh, let's see, what else do I have here? Oh, I have to apologize. Some of you may have been uh, hoping that I would stick to my promise. Because I told you all last week I was going to do a Christmas special. I was going to do a Christmas-themed podcast where everything was about Christmas. And I'm going to tell you the honest-to-God truth. I did not have a window of quiet or time to record that podcast. I couldn't do it. I know a lot of the bigger comics and podcasters have actual studios that are soundproof. To which they can do their podcast in, or if you're Bill Burr, you got a five million dollar house and you can go in the basement and do it, right? Not here. I have to split it to family house, and uh, yeah, sometimes it gets a little rowdy in the house, and uh, all you would be able to hear would be hooting and hollering instead of me talking shit, right? So I need a quiet window where there's no one else in the house. I need material. And I need time, because believe it or not, it's not just as simple as pressing a record button on my laptop, right? There's pre-production, there's the actual recording, and then when I'm done with the recording, then I have to take this fucking podcast into a post-production and go through the audio, make sure there you know, blah, 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 right? It takes like half a day to do this shit for you people. And then you want to complain, where's my fucking podcast? I don't have a podcast this week. Where is that motherfucker? Johnny Ares, all he does is do podcasts, and I wanted a podcast. Where, Where is this fucking guy in his podcast? I'm telling you, man, since my last podcast, I did not have a quiet window, and I did not have a window where I had time. It was that busy. But here it is, the day after Christmas, and uh, I have a little quiet window, and I had a little bit of a window to talk shit into a microphone, and that's what we're doing. And, uh, yeah... I apologize for it being so sloppy, because I wasn't very prepared. You know what I can do? Uh, No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, What else can I talk about? I'm literally out of topics. Let me go into uh, my stand-up set. Maybe I can tell you a joke. There you go. A uh, A lot of comics actually use their podcast as their open mic, right? So here we go. Last night, this is a true story. Last night when I got home from the Christmas festivities, I was looking for something to do, right? And I'd already seen, uh, you know, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I've been watching that every night. I've seen Elf 50,000 times already this Christmas. Uh, A Christmas Story, right? I had saw it a couple times, Christmas Eve. So I said, you know what? I'm going to turn on my Xbox, and I'm going to play my driving game. And uh, I think it's Forza Horizon. Right? It's like a driving simulator. It's for people just like me. The whole point of this driving game is uh it allow- it allows someone like me to drive real cars that a regular guy like me couldn't afford, and you get to drive the car at like two hundred miles an hour on like real well not real, but you know, roads. It's a driving simulator. You know, it it it's not the same as driving a real car, but the inside of the car on my fifty five inch T V looks Just like the car would. It kind of acts like a real car would. But here's the frustrating part. I've said this before in the podcast. I love driving. But I don't anymore. And why don't I? Because there's so much traffic on the roads. And so many bad drivers. That it just sucks all the fun out of it. How many times a day. Will I be on a street. Where the speed limit is 40. And there's a fucking Prius doing 20. Literally 20. It happens every day around here it is the eighth wonder of the world people that go half the speed limit when it's a bright sunny day out don't get it i want to literally pull them over and shake them and ask them like what the fuck are you doing what are why that's all i want to know why uh so yeah so anyways So I figure I'm going to turn on my driving simulator, right? Where where I can get into my friggin' Audi R8 and do 200 miles an hour in a simulator because I couldn't afford that car in real life. And even if I could, there's no way I could drive it at even 40, never mind 200. But here's the fucking deal. Here's what pissed me off. The drivers in the game are just as bad as real drivers. I was literally getting as pissed off at the fucking drivers in the video game as I would in real life. Seriously, I couldn't go 200 miles an hour down that straightaway last night in my fucking Audi R8 because I got a guy in a fucking Prius, just like in real life, that wants to get in the left lane when there's nobody in his lane at 60. See what I'm saying? So even though this is a driving simulator, right for people like me that can't afford real shit real cars can't drive 200 miles an hour without the consequences and the, and the artificial traffic in the game is just as bad as real life so fuck i went and took that game and threw it right out the window last night uh let's see what else so yeah that's a bit i'm gonna develop for the stage i don't know how funny that was to you but it's true you ever have one of those driving games and you just like driving it, but you get pissed off cause the traffic and the drivers in that game are as bad, if not worse, than real drivers. That's the whole point of me wanting to drive a, a game so I don't have to deal with idiot drivers. But I guess they wanted to make it realistic, right? Alright, here, here here's one. You wanna hear the most ghetto the most ghetto guitar case I've ever seen it came into my house the other night, right? This dude has an acoustic bass. A bass guitar. And rather than buying like a cheap gig bag for it, like a non-hard case or an actual case for it, he walked his bass guitar into my house wrapped in a fucking blanket. You get that? This dude uses a blanket as his guitar case. A blanket. It looked like he was carrying a fucking dead body into my house. I'm like, what the fuck is that? He's like, it's my guitar case. I said, a blanket? Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I tell you, I tell you, Josh, you are so, y- your 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 ingenuity is incredible. I mean, how many people, you know, would say, hey, fuck a guitar case or even a gig bag? I'm using this fucking blanket, right? No wonder he's got so much money, right? He comes over here. He fucking melts my couch. Another true story. The same dude that walked in my house the other night using a blanket as his guitar case sat on my leather uh, oversized sofa chair, right? And after three hours of sitting there, when he got up, it looked like somebody literally, like his ass cheeks had melted my fucking chair. Literally. Literally. Ah, Josh. And then the guy goes the next night and he wins $1,000 at the fucking local casino and he can't even buy me like a black $3 towel to put over the fucking chair that he destroyed. I tell you. Uh, Josh, if you're listening, there you go. Take your $1,000 and buy me a black $5 towel at Target and bring it over the house next time so I can put it over the... uh, Hole that your ass melted into my chair, so that the uh, the ladies like Samantha can actually sit, right? And uh, let's see, how long have I been yapping for? Uh, about forty-two minutes. That's good. That's good, right? It's like a Bill Burr podcast. He talks for ten minutes, then he does thirty minutes of commercials, gets paid thirty grand, and goes about his day, right? See, Johnny, he talks for forty-two minutes. Doesn't do any reads. Doesn't get paid for this. And the material is about the same as Bill's, right? All right. Uh wanted to remind you people that the music that you might hear before my podcast or after, it's all me. It's either my own shit or it's from a project or a band I was in that I wrote. But everything you hear on the podcast, I'll remind you whether it's at the beginning or at the end, it's me. And I never talked about it, but I just wanted to remind you, so if you happen to hear a tune that you like at the end of the podcast or at the beginning and you want to know more about it, just ask me. I have an email address. We're all over fucking social media. I keep telling you, right? I'm Johnny Ares, J-O-N-N-Y. There's no H in my name, so why am I going to put an H? Just so Johnny looks right, right? Johnny, J-O-N-N-Y, Ares. How do you spell Ares? A-R-E-Z. Right? The name of the production company. Say it out loud. Reality Drip. We're all over fucking social media in the internet. We have a website. Well, what's the name of the... www.realitydrip.com www.realitydrip.com What's my email address? It's info I-N-F-O at Reality Drip. Super easy. So you want to know about something about me? You want to talk shit? You want to set up a Wh- whatever, email me, hit me up on social media, let me know what's up. All right, this has been your boy. Um, here, I have a great idea. Right, every time I go to sign off in this fucking podcast, I end up talking for twenty more minutes. Right, so why don't we do that? No, just kidding. um I usually talk about having your pet spayed or neutered. Right? No, I don't. That's Bob Barker. um I don't know when the next podcast will be. I don't. It might be next year. We might have to wait till 2020. I don't know. I don't know, sir. This is what life has turned into. When I have time to do the pre-production, the recording, and the post-production on a podcast, I do it. But when I don't, I can't. I'm sorry. So I don't know when the next podcast will be. It could be next year. You're going to have to wait until next fucking year, right? Teachers love that joke in school, right? before they'd let you out for christmas vacation um and you weren't cu- coming back to school until like uh january 3rd all the teachers you be like see you next year <laughs> and you'd be like what i'm not gonna see you for a year oh i get it yeah the new year's coming up oh yeah all right i'm your boy johnny i hope you had a great time celebrating jesus's birthday And I hope you have a safe and happy uh, New Year's Eve in case I don't talk to you. And, uh, yeah, I guess we will uh, see you next year. I want to thank everybody and anybody who supported me in this show or my stand-up or anything. It all took place in 2019, right? In 2020, it'll be year two, right? Year two for the Johnny. So, anyways, yeah, like I said, everybody, thank you. I love you. Thank you for supporting me. Have a safe and happy uh, holiday season. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy fucking Festivus for the rest of us. And uh, I don't know. We'll either talk to you uh, a little bit before the new year. Or we'll talk to you in 2020. This has been your boy Johnny Ayres. I love you. Take it easy, buddy. Take it easy. Go forth. May the force be with you. And also with you. All right. Later.